Hi, I'm Brenda Reese, freedom and forgiveness coach and a person just like you that is learning to navigate life and all of its challenges. I teach a forgiveness process like no other. It's a blend of practical and spiritual forgiveness. This process guides you into knowing how unforgiveness can be keeping you stuck in your relationships, both personally and professionally, and how it prevents you from releasing resentment and finding joy. Each week, I share practical and some not-so-practical tips, tools, and advice from myself and other people that are on this journey just like us. This is for you if you are ready to turn your pain into peace. Welcome to the Forgive Yourself Podcast. Hello and welcome to another fantastic conversation on the Unlocking the True Power of Forgiveness, Secrets to Incorporating Forgiveness into Your Daily Life Summit. This summit is all about learning ways we can look at forgiveness differently, you know, so that we can define it for ourselves and then we can choose a forgiveness lifestyle, which means living a life knowing ourselves and accepting ourselves and not living our life afraid to be who we are. And today's guest fits right into this wonderful conversation. I'm so excited to introduce you to Stacy Danford. Stacy is a one-of-a-kind mix of joy and neuroscience with a master's degree in mind-brain education, a TEDx speaker, and has been a gratitude consultant for the ABC News show, Good Morning Texas. Stacy has 25 years of teaching and communication experience and was voted as Fort Worth Magazine's Teacher of the Year as well as Best Up-and-Coming Business of 2022, along with Voyage Dallas Magazine's Most Inspiring People, and she is the most inspiring. She's the (laughs) owner and operator of The Grateful Brain, a consulting company that uses neuroscience to help individual schools and companies understand that your brain is your superpower, but only if you know how to use it. Stacy is from Texas. And I am so excited to introduce you to Stacy today. Welcome. Thank you. They'll know I'm from Texas after about three words. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you are such a, you are literally are a joy. Oh, thank you. Has been since I've met you. I'm, I'm so excited to be here because I will never forget when I met you either. That, that conference has forever changed my life. And that was when I was just brand new. I think I had just kind of started my own business and it was, it was just so powerful. I'm so thankful to you for that experience because it, 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 I've never forgotten the story of the little self and I I still use that to this day. And I remind myself of it. It it was very powerful. Good. Thank you. And I loved how when we met, how you were talking about what we were going through in the forgiveness workshop, that it just so was so relatable to what you were learning for the neuroscience and how this works. And part of that workshop is learning about the ways that we can know ourselves better, love ourselves better, and the opposite of where we don't like ourselves. Yes. And, you know, I think that's what's so powerful about the brain and why I love science is science is no respecter of persons. It doesn't care who you are, what you are, what color you are, what gender you are, what (laughs) socioeconomic level you are. Science is science. And for me, it was 
I always say it was the missing piece of the puzzle that put all the things into place for me because it gave me the understanding of why, why I was sad, why I was angry, why I kept repeating the same mistakes, why I was having trouble with forgiveness. It, it put all of that into perspective because otherwise people think it's them. They think there's something, there must be something wrong with me or, oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. I keep repeating these mistakes or I can't quit drinking or I can't quit smoking or I can't quit eating sugar. I'm, I'm weak. But science gives you the answers to why that's a problem for you or why you keep repeating these things. And for me, it, it removed all the shame, the guilt, the self-loathing. And it gave me a playbook to understand what was happening inside my own head. Because we truly carry with us the greatest asset in the universe. But only 8% of the whole population knows how it works. 8% out of a billion people in the world, a fraction of those people understand what's happening inside their own brain. Oh my gosh. And I'm so glad that you are helping us to understand so we can increase that number. We can raise the number today. Yes, we can. We can. I love that. And you have given so many tips. You've helped me understand my brain so much better in a really fun way. I mean, you take this topic that is just so complex and you make it easy. And I love that when we were talking before we started recording, about what you were sharing yesterday. And I think that that is an absolutely fabulous topic. Everybody go watch her Instagram. You're fabulous. You give away so much information. And I was curious if you would chat about the topic. Yes, absolutely. Because I really, my greatest goal in the world is to help people understand themselves. And we cannot understand ourselves unless we understand why we behave the way we do or why we have certain habits or actions or emotions. And really, it's really one of the things I hear almost every single client or about the things they hate about their lives, themselves, their family, their behaviors, their past, whatever. But I hear that word hate over and over and over. And it could be something as small as I hate my nose. Or it could be something as big as, I hate what was done to me in my childhood. But what I want people to really understand and let soak in their soul is that we cannot hate ourselves into a version that we love. Mm. We just cannot. We can't hate something enough that it will change and love it. That's not the way we change. If self-loathing worked, we would all be skinny, rich, and happy. Like, I mean, we could have hated ourselves into (laughs) fabulousness long ago. If, especially for women, you know, if we look in the mirror and if hatred of our body, our hair, our, you know, wrinkles could change it into something that we love, we would have already changed. Mm. But the better version of yourself the serving version of yourself will never come through hatred. Never. 
hatred will not change you into something that you love because it's wiring in the emotions and the chemicals of hatred. And that is so much cortisol that could be, you know, an adrenaline rush. It could be a vengeful feeling, but it's changing the physiological functioning of not only our brain, but it's releasing chemicals into the cellular structure of our bodies. We cannot change through hatred. Oh my gosh. And the way you showed that this is worth repeating, like that's, there's chemicals. Yes. That get into the structure. So that's like the cellular structure. Wow. So we can carry that around, which adds to our body not functioning. Yes. And and especially unforgiveness is so directly linked to cardiovascular issues as well as, you know, mental health. But, you know, we sort of understand that it affects our mental health. But people don't understand it is very much directly correlated with cardiovascular issues. Well, the reason being is that constant hatred or anger or even hurt and that feeling of these people owe me something. Or even if you feel unforgiveness towards yourself about something you've done, that is releasing cortisol constantly into the body, comes from our brain, goes throughout our whole system. And that constant level of cortisol, our body doesn't function well with. Mm -mm. And it creates cardiovascular issues. It's also linked to diabetes, sleep problems, you know, so many things, certain types of cancers. It is not ever going to serve you. That feeling of anger and hatred and whether it's yourself or others, it will never serve you in the long run. The only time cortisol is good for us, and it can be, is in quick moments of fight or flight. Mm. You know, like if I see a snake, I need a quick burst of cortisol to like run or get out of the way. Or if someone's at my door banging on the door, you know, let me in. I need a quick burst of cortisol because I need fight or flight. What do I do next? Do I lock the door? Do I call 911? Do I run? We need, so cortisol is not a bad thing. We need it in certain instances, but we don't need it all day, every day. That chronic release of those chemicals is killing people all over the world. Wow. I just, yeah, just like, okay. Because, you know, we hear about it, but Stacy, you brought it home. I mean, that, that, that right there, the constant hatred can add that cortisol, which is that chronic state, which what most people are in. All the time. time. Yeah. And think about as women, how many times we pass a mirror and we're like, I hate my legs or, oh my gosh, I hate this muffin or I hate my nose or what that is hatred. That is a burst of cortisol, those little things. And we think maybe because we don't say them out loud, they're harmless, but your brain knows what you're thinking, not just what you're saying. It knows your every thought, even the silent ones that you think you've kept to yourself or you think they're buried and that no one knows. Your brain knows and is releasing chemicals based on your thoughts, not your words. Uh huh. Whoa. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's a so wake important. <laughs> yes, that's a wake up call. I mean, because, you know, we stop ourselves so much, Stacey. 
in, you know, in everything and that we do, right? Not even like just hating the selves, but it's like, I can't show up because I look a certain way or I'm dumb or I'm stupid or, you know, all of those beliefs. And so how would people not, how can we stop that cortisol? I think one of the easiest things you can do, especially if the self-loathing, you know, is on a chronic basis as you walk past the mirror, as every morning when you get ready or whatever. I tell people that you cannot change hatred without love. Love Mm -hmm. has to be the catalyst that moves you in the right direction. Um, So I start years ago, 20 years ago, when I started this, I started with one thing I liked about myself. And that was about all I could really think of. And I was like, okay, I like my hair. And, you know, so I would look in the mirror and I would still hate my nose and I would hate my legs and I would hate all the things, but I could feel that thought instantly take over. And I was like, Stacy, stop. And that is one of the easiest, best ways to stop that brain pattern. It's called a pattern interrupter. And you want to interrupt that signal of self-loathing and cortisol and the the dumping of all that by saying your own name and the word stop. Because your brain has heard your name millions of times, especially if you're, you know, in middle age, it knows your name better than any other name. And especially when you say it to yourself. And so I say out loud all the time, Stacy, stop. And instantly my brain's like, what are we stopping? It just, it causes you to pause for just a second. Mm. And I'll say, stop hating yourself. You cannot hate yourself into a version that you love. And I'll go, look at you, girl, you got great hair. And, you know, and I start saying, look at that smile. Everybody wants a smile like that. And I start talking to myself because if you don't talk to yourself, your brain will talk to you. The problem is it says what it always says, which is, you're not good enough. Wish you had a different nose. Wish you had different legs. Wish you were taller. You know, all the things it says. But it, talking out loud is another secret weapon that is so incredibly powerful. And the truth is, you can almost never fight a thought with another thought. Thoughts will not override other thoughts because the oldest, most dominant thought will win. So Mm -hmm. think about how many times you've thought about how you hated your legs or whatever. And I mean, that thought is thick and old and it's big. And this brand new thought of, okay, I'm going to start liking myself today. You know, it's little tiny and it's, you know, (laughs) battling Goliath. It's not going to win. The dominant thought will win every time. So speaking out loud uses four times as many neural pathways, four Mm -hmm. times. So you're automatically bombarding this with a massive dose of brain wiring to fight this old dominating pattern. So when you speak, you know, we don't realize it, but we've had to process information before it comes out of our mouth. Otherwise, it would just be good. You know, it wouldn't make any sense at all. So it has already processed before it comes out loud. So we've processed. Then when we speak, speaking uses a whole set of brain wiring. We hear what we just said. So we've activated our audio centers and then we process the words we just spoke. So we have now used four times as many brain wiring sets as just a thought. 
So that's why willpower doesn't work. And people say, well, I just don't have any willpower. That's not true. You have plenty of willpower. You just aren't fighting the battle with a strong enough force. You're trying to use a brand new thought with an old dominant thought. That's why people have trouble stopping smoking or drinking or eating sugar. They're telling themselves, okay, I'm not going to eat sugar anymore. You know, that is so (laughs) tiny. And this old one of you love pie. Ooh, pie makes you feel better. Oh my gosh. If you just had, you know, a soda right now, you'd feel so much better. That is powerful. 40 years or 50 years of thinking is not going to, you know, get dominated by a thought you've had since last Friday. Like it's not going to win. You've got to fight it. Use your brain. That's why I say you've got to know how your brain works in order to be able to have the best life. Oh, that's so powerful. Well, and it's so true because I love this, the pattern interrupt. Yes. I love that because even something that's simple, so people can take that away. It's just like, yeah. and I love how you call the, your own name. Yes. And your own name. And I love how, um, I think it was one of your exercises before that you were sharing about when you, every time you passed a mirror, how you said, yeah. hey friend yeah and I always tell myself oh hey best friend yes I (laughs) love that I love that because that's how I started with the work was every time you passed a mirror instead of going oh you know being able to do that because we all do it and the other piece um that we can talk about maybe is a little bit about the shame how it shows up because we don't speak that out loud because of that shame yes and, you know, and I think especially our generation, it, we were taught, you know, good girls don't brag and, you know, don't toot your own horn and, you know, don't put yourself up on a pedestal. That is such BS. And it has really damaged people who we unknowingly kind of pass that on to our kids. Thank yeah. goodness for the millennials who don't care and just get on there and strut their stuff. And you know, I'll even look at like the younger generation and, you know, and they're wearing their little tight shorts and they've got a roll hanging over and their legs are big. And I'm like, oh my God, I would have never had the courage to love myself and look like that. You know, cause our generation was, you better be looking like Cindy Crawford and you know, you better be thin, tall, blah, blah, all the things. And if not, you were lesser than. Where now society is getting so much better about, you know, there's movie stars even in all sizes, shapes and colors. And it's it's given the younger generation a better view of beauty comes in all sizes and shapes. And people come from all different backgrounds and that you can be abused. You can have something terrible happen to you and you can still shine above it. You can still be a spokesperson. You can still have a great life where before. It was what it was. And you were just Mm -hmm. one of those people that, you know, was born short and on the wrong side of the tracks, or you were one of those people that was born into an alcoholic family. And, you know, I'm living proof. That's why I know neuroscience works. I'm here because I've done the work. I was one of those people on the wrong side of the tracks. I was one of those people who came from an alcoholic family. My brother died of a drug overdose. In my family, there's been 17 marriages, divorces. And I mean, my dad had a stepmother that was younger than him. We've had every kind of crazy there was. 
And that could have easily been my lot in life. I was married three times by the time I was 21. I mean, I, I thought if things weren't working out and if you weren't happy, then next, like you, right. you've chosen wrong or, you know, well, they just don't like me. Fine. I'll find somebody that does. I had no idea my brain was creating patterns that were keeping me in this cycle that do keep people in those family curses, as they call them, or keep people stuck in things that we feel like are our lot in life. That is not true. The greatest discovery of neuroscience, I believe, in this century is neuroplasticity, which Mm -hmm. simply means your brain is changeable physically and functionally. And that's really important for people to understand because I was taught that brains are unchangeable. Right. Me too. Yes. And you, you got what you got. And if you got a learning disability, sorry for you, or, you know, your family genetics have diabetes or cancer, like, sorry for you. That is not true. I want everybody to hear this. Your brain is changeable up until the day you die. That is proven. It's scientifically sound. There are millions of studies on it. People have seen, I've seen on a scanner, brains physically altering functionality and and moving the neuron pathways. I've seen it myself. I've been connected to machines. I've watched my brain on a scanner. It is possible, but it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And you have to do the work. And, you know, that's, people, including myself, we all want a quick fix. Like you're like, Oh, okay. I know what I want. All right, let's get it. And that your brain didn't get that way overnight. And it's not going to change that way overnight. And, you know, talking to yourself one day in the mirror is you're not going to go, Oh yeah, now I love myself. You got to do it every single day on days. It's easy on days. It's hard and all the ones in between, but I can tell you, if you do it, it will work. Because I truly believe I'm one of the happiest people in the world. You are. (laughs) I've earned the way to be here. And people go, God, that's so conceited. And I was like, I'm proud of it. I'm darn proud of it. I worked hard to get here. And I love my life. And if you ask me if I could change places with anybody in the world, I would say, no, I picked me. I love my life. The good, the bad, the ugly the wrong side of the tracks, all of it. I love it all because it's gotten me where I am now. And now I see the strength that I could have gained no other way. And I have forgiven the girl who made those mistakes because why would I hold myself accountable for something that I didn't know? I didn't know better. I didn't know my brain was changeable. I didn't know that alcoholism didn't have to be in my family. I didn't know that if I wasn't happy, I had the power to make myself happy. I didn't, I thought I just chose wrong. I needed new stuff. I needed new things or new people or new, a new nose, a new husband, a new car. I didn't know I had the power to create the chemicals of happiness that would flow throughout my body. It's all changeable, but we have to do the work. Oh, yes. So I'm hearing consistency (laughs) is key. And that's one of the things we don't like to do, right? Because it's not fun sometimes, you know? And our brain doesn't, you know, sadly, it's the way our brain is designed, Mm. is our brain loves cause effect. 
And it loved, that's how it creates connections. Oh, I touched this hot stove. Ow, that hurts. Cause effect. You hurt my feelings. I cried. Oh, cause effect. I don't like you. Yeah. But anything that takes long, a great length of time, our brain has a really hard time connecting these two things go together. And it's, some people call it the delay effect. Some people call it the lag effect, but there's a huge lag between I started this new habit and I see the results. Got it. Otherwise, one salad would make you healthy or (laughs) one workout would make you fit. And, you know, you say one day does not make you a millionaire. Those, it just doesn't work that way. Lasting change takes time, but you've got to talk to your brain in the meantime because it will not see the connection between the two. Oh, so I'm hearing like we can start with to make this change. We can change our brain. We've got control where we never thought we did. Yes. Right. And that we are kind of in charge of our own happiness. Absolutely. 100%. And it doesn't have to be difficult. Right. Well, right. It can be simple. Now, sometimes not easy because we need to be consistent. Yes. So what would be, so we've got a tip from you, um, you know, kind of like talking to ourselves differently out loud. Yes. You know, just stop when we're stopping that pattern interrupt. Do you have some other kind of ideas for people when they're starting out recognizing this and how they can change to, to start to love themselves? Like, what did you do? Oh my gosh. Well, number one, I made a list of 50 things I liked about myself. And my professor made us do that years and years ago. And it was in an undergrad psychology class. And I was like, 50 things? Like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, I could think of 50 things I didn't like about myself about that fast. But it took me three weeks to make that list. And I would just go, you know what? I like that. I I like that about me. I like that I can clean my house in five minutes. If somebody calls and says they're on their way, like I can, I was like, you know, I like that about me. I like that I can go in a room full of anybody and I can find a way to fit in. I, I can have a conversation with anybody. I was like, I like that about me. And so we automatically think of, you know, physicality, which is fine to put that on there too. Maybe you like your teeth. Maybe you like your smile. Maybe you like your you know, collarbones, who knows, put anything on there. I wrote one of the things on there. I wrote, I like the way I make my bed. And cause I, my granny taught me how to do the little nurse's oh. curtain, you know, and I was like, yeah. I like that. It feels like so hotel. And I was like, I like that about me. But what it does is teach you, teach your brain to stop looking for all the things you hate. You cannot hate yourself into a version that you love. You have to love yourself into a version that you love. I still have that original list of 50, but every year on my birthday, this is what I give myself every year for my birthday, is I create a new list of 50 things every year on my birthday. And it is so amazing to me now how quickly I can think of things. And every year there's new things on there. You know, I've had a new accomplishment or like this year, I I can't wait for my birthday because, you know, I wrote my book. I published my thing. You know, I've traveled all over the world speaking about brains. I was like, I'm really 
proud of the things I've accomplished this year. And I go back and I look at all those lists that I started in 2006 is when I started wow. doing that on my birthday. I have all of them. And I now love myself so much more than hate. There's mm. such little hatred. I don't know anything, but maybe I hate bugs. Maybe that's the one thing I still hate, <laughs> but it just doesn't even exist in me anymore because I've trained my brain. I've rewired the structure of it. And that's what's so important about neuroplasticity is it changes your brain physically, the size and the way it functions, and as well as the wiring systems. Oh. So it changes both the, the physiological parts of the brain as well as the functionality. And it is changeable up until the day you die, but you have to do the work to get it there. Oh, I love this because I've heard that saying, you know, the neurons that yeah, fire, that fire together, together wire together. Yes. Yeah. And that we, you know, learning that we have control over this is like mind blowing seriously and being able to do the work like you were talking about, just recognizing one the, the self-talk, recognizing the things that we do to ourselves. Yes. Would you say that the self-talk is prob- is the is worse, right? We have the thoughts first and then we have the action? Yes. And okay. I think that self-talk, most people don't even realize they do it. No. it. It's so much a part of who you are. And I would say that's the number one thing to start catching okay. and is start recognizing. Oh, I was just mean to myself. Like, oh, I just thought a really ugly thing. Things we would never say to someone else or especially, you know, someone in our family. I wouldn't walk past my daughter and go, oh my God, your butt in those jeans. No, I would never say that to her. But I would certainly think it to myself in my old days. And I now look at myself and, and you know, my gosh, I'm almost 60 years old. I'm jiggly, wiggly, you know, my cellulite has cellulite. I'm hearing you. Yeah. But now I look at my legs and I don't see that first. Of course I see it. It's still there, but I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you legs. Thank you for walking me anywhere I've ever wanted to go in my lifetime. You've climbed mountains. You've climbed the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You climbed the temple in Chichen Itza. You have been all over the world. You are strong enough to hold your grandbabies and you're big enough to take care of yourself. And I look at my legs in a completely different way, which that's what all of my research is in gratitude and how gratitude alters the functionality and physiology of the brain. But it's thinking of what you're grateful for. You know, my arms, I mean, good Lord, they chicken flap all day long. And my son thinks it's a trick. I know my teenager, he's like, mom, make your arm do that thing. And I'm like, it's not a trick. (laughs) And he says, it's so cold back there. And I was like, there's no circulation. But You know, instead of hating that, I cannot hate myself into a version that I love. So I look at my arms and I think, oh my gosh, I've been able to hug and hold three children that I brought into this world. I can hug and hold two grandbabies. I've clapped at every ball game. I've cheered. I have climbed trees. These arms are so strong and powerful. I'm so grateful for them. And that kind of gratitude not only shifts our thinking, but it shifts our chemicals. And those chemicals are released 
throughout my entire body. Mm. And those chemicals are changing the cellular structure of my body to heal, to renew, to improve my immune system, to decrease cardiovascular disease, to decrease my chances of diabetes and cancer, to help me sleep better, to reduce the effects of menopause. Those chemicals are powerful, but we have to do the work. Oh, well, and this is very, uh, you know, it's exciting that we can. Yes, we can. We have the power. <laughs> we have the power. I mean, seriously, this is, and that, and that it, we're not stuck with it, that these thought patterns that we have, all we've got to do is be willing to be aware of them. And starting there can just, that, that's a whole nother thing. Just starting there, catching our thoughts. And I just love what you've shared about how we can change it with changing the cortisol to the other chemicals that yeah. also change the cellular structure. Oh my gosh, Stacy, you have given us so much good information. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and I think that, you know, I tell people all the time, your brain power is your superpower, but yeah. only if you know how to use it. Right. And I think that we just, we think it has to be something really hard and we've got to go to some brain lab or we've got to like do all, we don't. It's really simple changes that we do consistently those are the ones that last us a lifetime. And even with something like forgiveness or gratitude or stress or whatever it is, those are all releasing chemicals. So your brain knows what the feeling of unforgiveness is or vengefulness, and it creates a chemical cocktail to match that emotion. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're angry with yourself and you just can't forgive yourself for you know, drinking in your 20s, or maybe for, in my case, you can't forgive yourself that you were married three times by the time you were 21. My brain knows that feeling of self-hatred or yes. self-unforgiveness. Yes. And it instantly, instantly creates the chemicals to match the feeling. Every emotion is directly connected to a chemical component. There's a chemical cocktail for every single one of our emotions, whether they're joy, gratitude, happiness, or vengeful, angry, self-loathing, hatred, stress. Yeah. So that's why forgiveness is so important because unforgiveness or revenge or that feeling is creating a chemical cocktail that's flushing throughout your body. Ooh. So I tell people, my clients who are having trouble with forgiveness to think of it like being handcuffed. And so unforgiveness is being handcuffed to the very thing you hate. I hate my drinking in my twenties, or I hate my dad who abused me, or I hate my ex-boyfriend. You are connected to them like a handcuff because in order to think it, you link it. Your uh, brain has created a wiring system as strong as handcuffs for the thing that you are not forgiving and creates a chemical cocktail to match it. So I say forgiveness is a gift you give yourself and, and you don't have to let them back into your life. You don't have to, you know, go back for seconds. It is so instead of saying, for, I forgive you, I tell people to say, I release you, mm. I release this, I release this connection, I release this wiring system. 
in yes. realize that oh that feeling of hatred I had towards you that feeling of hatred of the abuse I took as a child was so tightly wired it's affecting everything I do and it's affecting the chemicals that are flowing throughout my body and I can't hate that and create somebody that I love I've got to release it understand that was hurtful it was not the best whether we did it to ourselves or someone did it to us that was not anything I would wish on anyone we cannot change it you know we all want an apology or an explanation or you know some understanding of why this happened or we want them to know what they did to us or you know us to ourselves most likely that does not happen very rarely i can't remember what the percentages are but there i think it's 18 people 18% of people ever get an apology for anything that was ever done to them sure. and i may be wrong on that percentage but it's very tiny we can't wait for that we've got to be the controller of what's happening up here and realize those shackles that we hate we're carrying with us everywhere we go because we think it, we link it, and we are making a chemical cocktail to match that hatred and that vengeance and that resentment that will never serve you. No, and that we can mix a new cocktail. Yes, yes. Oh, we can mix a new cocktail by just starting to notice that and change. I love that. If you think it, you link it. Yes. Thank every you. Every thought, every thought, even the <laughs> silent ones. <laughs> that well, and that's I think the most powerful thing to one of the most powerful things about this talk is that those silent thoughts. I want people to hear that the silent thoughts matter. Oh, more so probably because we have more of them. They're just constantly, you know, they're like the monkey that never quits banging his thing, or the hamster that never gets off the wheel. They're all the time, all day long. And I mean, most people have, especially women, between 50, 70,000 thoughts a day. I mean, can you imagine? And what research shows is 86% of those are negative. And, and we think there's no way. There's no way. But if you think about your silent thoughts, when you look, walk past a mirror, oh my God, you know, then the anger, then the self-loathing and the, oh, why did I wear that color? Oh gosh, I look terrible in that color. Oh my God, I've spent so much money. Why do I keep buying? Just boom, boom, boom. And then we repeat those thoughts every day and the stronger they connect based on how many times you've repeated them and look how tightly wired self-loathing is in almost every one of us in the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the one constant, I think, between everybody and, and people are afraid to say that. Yeah, but it's true. <clears throat> so I'm glad that you're talking about it because that's powerful because we can shift it. Absolutely. With some consistency and, you know, wiring new things, new thoughts. I love this. Oh, Stacy, you are just, oh, you're a blessing. You really are. And you are one of the most happiest people ever in the whole world. <laughs> and you have earned it. And I thank you for doing the work. Thank I do. You. I so thank you for doing the work because you help inspire us to do the work. And, and that, you know, the people listening to this will be inspired. I just know it. And you have, I, I love, um, I have always loved your work around gratitude. 
and how, because that is something that has changed my life, learning to do that as I was getting sober. That was one of the things that was, I really grasped onto was the gratitude, even as like, okay, thank you for my bed. Thank you for just being able to get up, you know, those simple things. And gratitude is so important. And that's part of what can help give us the good cocktail, right? Absolutely. And it is one of the most powerful sets of chemicals that there are. Out of all the emotions, gratitude is at the very top because it releases multiple chemicals at one time. And, you know, people don't realize and they they think they're grateful. And in my own graduate research study, 88% of the people think they're already grateful when in actuality, four. of the population is scientifically grateful, grateful in a way that they activate their brain and change the functionality. And, you know, so saying thank you is not being grateful. Hate to burst your bubble. Um, (laughs) That's just good manners. Mm -hmm. And even making a list of, you know, a hundred things you're grateful for, that's not going to hurt you, but that's not necessarily scientific gratitude. In order for it to be scientific, a release of chemicals and a functional change, there has to be an emotion involved. Emotions create chemicals. So when I was talking about, you know, my arms and my ability to climb a tree and my legs have walked me up mountains and you can tell in my demeanor and in my eyes, like there's emotion connected to that. And it's not anything hard. It's not anything difficult. I can do it, you know, as I hold my glass of water and I can go, oh my gosh, I love the feeling of ice cold water. And that instantly my brain felt the feeling. I love, you know, when you it's so cold, it almost burns. I love that we have well water and it tastes so yummy. It's that easy. But saying thank you or just putting stuff on a piece of paper is not enough. You have to understand the why. And really, it's better to be grateful for one thing with multiple reasons why than it is to just make a list of 10 things or 20 things. And in my research as well, we found that after people did something for about 20 days, they begin to dread it. So those of you out there that are doing gratitude journals and hating it, you're like, oh, my God, I got to write five things I'm grateful for. If you are dreading it, you are creating a chemical cocktail that matches dread. It is becoming dreadful. You don't want that. That's not gratitude. It's not doing you any good whatsoever. So it's better to think of one thing you're grateful for and all the reasons why. You know, if it's your child, I'm so grateful for my grumpy teenager who always reminds me that life is ever moving and changing. I'm so grateful that he's here, you know, in my house to teach me things about music. I mean, it can be that easy. And that's a chemical cocktail as well. Oh, and learning that from you has been a game changer, a life changer for me. Because I, I ditched my, you know, 10 to 20 things that yeah. I'm grateful for. <laughs> and because I'm like, I was just like, oh, God, I got to figure this out. Yes. Uh, it's helpful, right? When you're looking for things to be grateful. Yes. But when I started to feel it, that's how I started to create a different relationship with myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. So thank you. And does that tie into your free gift that you have? Yes. For- okay. So there's actually, and this is not part of my free gift, but it's free on my website. So y'all can go get it. Yes. Um, 
So one thing I would suggest for everybody is on my website, it's a 30 day habit tracker. Mm-hmm. And when you are starting to change something and you're wanting to change yourself into a version that you love, start creating a checklist. Your brain needs to see the results because remember, you've got that delay effect or lag effect. And just say something nice to yourself in the mirror for 30 days, but let your brain see the progress. If you're trying to work out or trying to quit eating sugar, whatever it is, let your brain see the progress in a 30-day habit tracker is great for your brain to go, oh, look at us. Like, oh, I got five days in a row. Like, it's so great. So that's on there free on my website. Then this one is also on there. The free gift is joy in 30 seconds. And it's six ways to create joy in 30 seconds. And really, it's all about the chemical cocktails that we create. And they're super easy things. You don't have to buy anything or make anything or build anything. They're all really easy ways that you can get your brain to start altering the chemicals in your brain. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay, we got to go get that one. That is fabulous. And I love your 30-day tracker. That has been amazing for me. And you you have a book. Yes. That is also super helpful. Yes. Yes. To find one good thing. And this is my gratitude journal, which is based on science. And each day is one thing. Find one good thing and describe it in detail. And then there are also lots of worksheets in here about teaching you self-gratitude and to be grateful for things about yourself, for your life, for all the things. There's all kinds of worksheets in here. And, but it's all backed by science and it's the gratitude that actually works. And it does work. And I am a living testament to that. And they can find that on your website. Is that yes. correct? So on my uh, website as well. Yes. StacyDanford.com. Is that right? Yes. Or the Grateful Brain? Either one takes you there. The GratefulBrain.com or that one. And how else can people connect with you? Um, you're on social quite a bit. Yes. Instagram is where I am the most. And it's just Stacy Danford, Stacy with an I. Um, also I have a free text community that I send out motivational messages once a week. I'm not one of those people that bombard you. Um, and they can sign up for that for free. Uh, the number is it's on my website as well, but the number is 817-242-6831. And they can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. And that's going to start back October the 1st. We took a summer break, but every week I give you a practical brain tip and that you can learn today and use today. Oh, and it's all so valuable. I love it. And uh, it has been just a joy talking with you. And thank you for sharing with this community all your goodness. Yeah. And everybody go sign up for Stacy's things. And use your brain. I'm so excited to change the number to 8.7. It's going up. Yes, it is. All right, Stacy, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, would you do me a favor and share this episode and then follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss one episode of the Forgive Yourself podcast, where every Friday you will get tips, tools, and stories so that you can turn your pain into peace.
Take care.